did some studying this afternoon and didn't really lay down much. And my clock is all off from the weekend, so um, I'm uh, tonight's really going to be preliminary because we're going to be turning corners tonight. Um, we're going to continue on the body, and uh, just to do a brief recap, uh, we've been identifying. Go ahead and throw Matthew 16 up there. We've been identifying that Jesus said to Peter that he's going to build his church. So uh, what this is showing us is a few things. First is showing us that he says, I will build my church. In verse 17, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he says here, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So here we've seen a few things. First, Jesus says that he is going to build his church. He's the one building it. He's the master builder. He's the planner. He's the designer. He's the one putting all this into place. Then he says, I will build my church. We took a look at that word, my. That word, my, does not simply uh, have possession to it. It's not just saying it's my, it belongs to me, I own it. He's saying it's my church, and that word my actually means it's a part of. Why does he have to do this? He's identifying that it is his church because he wants to show the difference between a church that is a part of him and a church that is not a part of him. So this tells us right off the bat that there are some churches out there that might not look like his church. That might not actually be his church. So we have to learn what that looks like. And so we've been taking some time to go through and understand his church. To understand what did Jesus mean when he says, I will build my church. Who's building it? Who's building it? Jesus. All right. You can talk back to me. That's all right. He says, I will build my church. Jesus is doing it. Not, he's not leaving this to man. He's not leaving this to pastors. He's not leaving this uh, to angels. This is his church, and he is the one building it. He's the one designing it. So he says, on this rock, I will build my church. I will put together a church that is a part of, attached to me. Okay? So we've been going through that. We first identified that a body has a head. And we saw that the head of the church is Jesus. Okay? He's the one calling the shots. In our physical bodies now, uh, our heads are the ones that control everything that our bodies do. And whatever the head needs, the body is bringing that supply or the body is bringing that resource. The head ain't going out and getting it itself. My head isn't pulling off my body and going back there, grabbing a water bottle and, and bringing it back here. It's going through the body. The body's picking it up. The body's bringing it to the head. The body's bringing the supply. And then we looked at who the head is because we remember we said this, that the church in the earth today is misrepresenting the head. It's misrepresenting the head. So we need to get the picture of who the head is. So the body can fall in alignment. Okay? So we have to understand that Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is the body of Christ. 
And then we took a look at the body. We saw in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for references that Paul shows us that the church is related to the body. He's showing us a picture of what the church is supposed to look like, and he gives us a physical picture that we all know what a body looks like. We all know how it works. We all know how it operates. We all know how uh, it works together, and it's one unit with many parts. And so Paul goes through uh, Romans chapter 12, and he goes through 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 even deeper and starts showing, you know, the eye can't say the ear, I don't need you. The foot can't say to the hand, I want to be a hand. Remember, we went through all that and showed how the body is supposed to operate. We showed what a healthy body is supposed to look like because Jesus is coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. How do we be that church? How do we look like that? And so we looked at what a healthy body looks like. Then we went uh, last week and we looked at the church as a government institution. And this one probably jacked up some of our thinking. I hope some of you listened to that one more than once. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, you want to get a hold of that because that's something that you're not hearing a whole lot. But it's truth that the church in the earth today is an embassy, is a government institution, is a uh, representation of the kingdom of God. It ought to be. You know, we've made statements um, according to what Jesus goes on to say here in verse 19 where he says that whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What's he saying? He's saying that the church is supposed to be calling the shots in the earth. The church, nothing should ha be happening in the world today, in the earth today, without the church's permission, without the church's approval. It is up to us. Heaven isn't acting apart from us, separate from us. We are the ones doing the binding. We're the ones doing the loosing. And it's taking place in the earth, and then heaven responds to what we do. And we see this in countries today. With embassies and ambassadors that go out, they make a call, and then the country responds to back them up. Okay? So this is what is taking place with the kingdom of God. Uh, so we've taken some time to look at the church. Uh, we've taken some time uh, to just identify what the church looks like. Um, today, I'm going to kind of, like I said, it's going to be preliminary. I'm going to kind of set up the next few weeks. But we're going to go, uh, go back to 18. Let's go back to 18. He says, I will build my church. So for the next few weeks, I want to look at the fact of building his church and what that looks like. Um, and so we're going to go through it. I don't know a whole lot about building. I'm not a big, you know, construction guy. But what I do know has caused me to look at this a little differently. You know, there's words in the Bible that are used for specific reasons. And we just kind of blow over them because we don't have full knowledge of what they mean. But there's a reason why he said, I will build my church. He doesn't say, I will institute my church he doesn't say, I will reveal my church. He says, I will build my church. And there's a specific reason why he used that, because to the church, there is a building process. How many of you know that to build something, there's a process? We've been in a process here with these classrooms. It's not an overnight deal. And there is a lot to having something built. There's a lot that goes into uh, something being put together as an assembly. Okay? Um, and so we're going to look at this quite a bit, but every building starts at one place, starts in one area, 
and that is its foundation. So that's what I want to look at tonight. That's where we're going to go tonight. We're going to uh, start from the ground up. The title of my message is From the Ground Up, and we're going to start with the basics. What is this thing founded upon? Because we're going to see here that without a proper foundation, the whole thing falls apart. doesn't matter how good it looks on the outside. doesn't matter how good the structure looks. If the foundation is poor, the whole thing comes down. And the only thing that can truly tell a foundation is time. Time breaks down a foundation if it's not properly built. So that's what we're going to take a look at tonight. Amen? Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is speaking in and through me. I will be a good steward of my time this evening, speaking your word. It will go forth on good ground, and we will bear fruit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Look at Psalms chapter 127. Psalms 127 and verse 1. We're talking about a foundation from the ground up. Psalms 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house... They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. So who's building the house? The Lord. The Lord is building the house. And unless he builds it, those that are working alongside with him, they labor in vain. How many of you know that there are churches across America where people are laboring in vain? Because they are not hooked up to the head. They're not building his church. They're building their church. So unless the Lord builds the church, unless Jesus himself has his hand in it and is guiding and leading and you're following those steps according to what he's purposed, you labor in vain. So Jesus is the one designing this. He's the master builder. He's the one that calls the shots on where things go and what happens. And starting out here, we're looking at a foundation. We're talking about from the ground up. We're looking at what are we founded upon. So since Jesus is the master builder, let's look at what he says about our foundation. Let's look at what he says about what we're built on. Matthew chapter 16. Let's go back there. Matthew chapter 16. He actually tells us what we're built on. How many of you are glad he told us what we're building this thing on? 16. Let's start with verse 17. We know, again, what's going on here. Jesus is asking his disciples, who are people saying that I am? And they tell him, you know, people say you're this, and people say you're that. Then he says, who do you say that I am? What's he identifying? He's saying it's important not what people say you are, but who God is revealing to you who you are. And as the church, again, he's going right into conversation about the church. It's very purposeful why he did this. He's not just bored and saying, trying to make conversation with the disciples, say, hey, by the way, uh, you know, just want to throw this out there. Who are people saying I am? You know, they're talking about me. What are they saying? He's not just doing that. He's very purposeful because he's going into a... uh, Right now, he is taking a turn in his life and in his ministry. And he's beginning to reveal to his disciples that he's about to die. And he's about to pass on. 
So, Jesus, being the proper leader that he is, is into duplicating himself, being an example, and setting up somebody, a people, to continue to do what he's been doing. So he's getting ready to reveal the church, and he knows that. So where does he start? He starts by, who do people say that I am? Sometimes to find out what something is and what something does, you need to find out what it isn't and what it doesn't do. This just helps us differentiate. This just helps us separate it. So Jesus is first saying, who are people saying that I am? And they throw out their little remarks. And then he turns and says, now who do you say that I am? And Simon responds, Peter responds, and he says, you are Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay? Then we have Jesus responding to him. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Marjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Right there, he identifies what he's building his church on. Now, all we see is on this rock. Well, what's the rock? The rock is what Peter just said. The rock is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the rock. Jesus says, upon the revelation by the Holy Spirit that I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God, this is what I'm building my church on. So what does he basically say? He's basically saying, I am the foundation for my church. Now, foundation is important. We've already stated that a foundation, an improper foundation, causes the entire structure to come down. That's how much influence the foundation plays. And if we don't build upon a proper foundation, whatever we're building on it crumbles. All our doctrine, all our theology, all of our worship, all of our children's classes, if it's not built, I'm talking about church, if it's not built upon Jesus Christ, if he's not the foundation, it will crumble. It will all come down. Okay? Now, of course, I don't mean that the building is literally going to come down. I don't mean that the church is literally going to fall apart. But I do mean that in the day when it counts, in the day when it matters, because we all know there's a judgment day coming. When that comes, there are some churches that are going to be burned up, and there are some churches that will be left standing. Okay? The other thing that will come against the church is tests and trials. And we see this way too often, that tests and trials come against the church, and the church fails. The church crumbles. The church goes down. The church can't handle the test. The church can't handle the trial. Okay? And tests and trials come. Jesus, Peter, Paul, they talked about numerous different tests and trials that will come against the church. Uh, politically, tests will come. Governments will begin to see, as long as you're preaching the message, uh, governments, you know, you'll get some opposition there. 
Uh, you'll get opposition from outsiders. You'll have those that will come, uh, wolves that will come in in sheep's clothing. Uh, those that will only want to hear certain teacher, teachers and, be, and become uh, to have itching ears. These are all things that they warned would come against the church. But Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You've got to understand in the Bible that when the church is mentioned, there's three different types of churches that are mentioned at different times. The first that is mentioned is on an individual basis. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit as an individual. You house the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within you on just a regular individual basis. The second part is the local body church, the local institution that you are connected to, that you go to, that you serve at, that you are hooked up with. There's a local body church. And then the third is the universal church, meaning all the believers that have confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord, believe that he's died and been raised again. That's the universal church. So we have to identify when each reference is talking about what. You've got to understand, is it talking about the individual basis? Are we talking about me being the temple of the Holy Spirit? We're talking about just the local body church in this specific unit that I am currently hooked up with. Or is it talking about the universal church as a whole? And here when he says the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he's not just picking out one local body church. He's talking about the church as a universal whole. The church. His church. Okay? So he says, on this rock I will build my church. What's the rock? Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. Now look what he says here. He goes on. Now in verse 17, right before that. Verse 17, he says, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. The revelation that we're looking for is not based upon man's opinion. The revelation that the church is built upon is not based on uh, what man thinks or man's theologies or man's traditions. It's based on one thing, Jesus Christ. Now, when we say Jesus Christ, you have to understand that Jesus was Jesus for 33 years. 33 years... Jesus entered the world as a man, Jesus Christ. But who was Jesus before that? The Word of God. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And verse 1. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So who are we talking about? Talking about Jesus. But before Jesus showed up and did his 33 years on the earth as a man, he was with God, he was God, and by him all things were created that were created. Everything in the earth that exists was because of the word. 
So then we could say this. The rock, the foundation that the church is built on is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. But since Jesus is the Word, we can say this, that the church is to be founded on the Word. The church is to be founded upon, have its foundation to be set in the Word of God. This should be the church's foundation. Not man's opinion, not man's tradition. This is why Jesus asked his disciples these questions. What's he doing? He's identifying what is man saying and what is God saying. Because Simon did not speak off of his own initiative. Simon did not say who he thought Jesus was. Simon did not figure that out on his own. Jesus came back and said, Simon, he said, Peter, you only know this because my Father in heaven has revealed it to you. Because the Holy Spirit has spoken it to you. And this is what the church is to be founded on. Revelation by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, on his word. So we'll take it a step further. Not just the word but the word that is revealed to you by the Spirit. And why I have to say that? Because there are many people. This is why we have denominations in churches today. It's because we have people that have given their opinion on what the word is saying. And that is not the word. Jesus here, by identifying that what Peter stated was not on his own initiative, was not out of his own thought process, out of his own mindset. It was given to him by the Holy Spirit. So he's identifying, my church is not built on man's opinion of who you think you are. My church is not built on man's doctrines, theologies, or traditions. My church is built on the word revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Are we following this? Are we seeing this? This is the foundation the church is to be set in. This is the foundation. Not going to church and hearing what someone thinks about the Bible. Now, here's the other problem with that. People, pastors, leaders, have determined what parts of the Bible are truth and what parts of the Bible aren't. Now, I don't know if you've been... To that type of church. I don't know if you've ever attended that type of church. Myself, I haven't really. I don't have a past where I've attended a denomination where parts of the Bible they don't preach or don't believe in properly. But those are based upon opinions. I don't want the word preached to me that is simply based upon a man's opinion. Because man's opinion is movable. We change our opinions about everything. Yesterday, coffee was bad for you. Today, coffee is good for you. This is what people are basing the church on. Man's opinions. Jesus specifically identifies with Peter that the word that he just gave was not given to him by himself. It was given to him by the Holy Spirit. And that word, revealed by the Holy Spirit, is what his church, I will build my church on this 
rock. This rock. A rock that is immovable. A rock that is unshakable. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus shows us a parable of a couple guys that built some houses. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And Jesus is speaking and he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What are we founded on? If the church is going to stand, it has to be founded on the rock. And we've already identified what the rock is. Go on, verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Notice he still built the house. The rains descended. The floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Great was its fall. So if the church is not securely founded on the rock, on the fact that the word is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, it will crumble and it will fall. Rains will come. Floods will come. Winds will beat against that church, that house, and it will fall. Why? Because they're not built on the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. They're built on man's opinions. They're built on man's doctrines, theologies, what they think the Bible is saying. And they're either holding back or adding to the Word improperly. Okay, let's look at this in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> we want to be founded on the rock, amen? amen? The rock. The word revealed by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse 9. Verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. Who's we in this statement? He's talking about, specifically here in verse 9, when he says, For we are God's fellow workers, he's talking about himself, he's talking about Apollos, and he's talking about Cephas. He's talking about those that have come in to fellow work, to come beside Jesus come beside God and help him build the church. And we're going to get into that later on. We're going to identify specific people within the church that are designed to help build up the church. Because Jesus ain't doing it by himself. He is the master builder. He is the designer. He is the planner. But he has put people in position to help build up the church. You are God's field. Who's you here? He's talking about the Corinthian church. You are God's building. 
according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. What's Paul doing? He's identifying that Jesus is the foundation. So be careful how you build upon the foundation. But the first key that we have to look at is, who's the foundation? Who is the church to be founded upon? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Word of God. The Word of God revealed by the Holy Spirit. So that's what Paul is identifying there. That God's, that this church, the Corinthian church specifically who he's talking to, that is God's building. And Jesus is the designer. Jesus is the builder. And he has called Paul. And he has called Apollos. And he has called Cephas. What was going on here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, is that Paul had heard that the body of the Corinthian church was entering into arguments and backbiting and gossiping and talking about who was greatest. Because Paul had come in and planted the church, and then he left because that's what the apostle uh, does. That's what the apostle field does. Starts new works. Goes in and starts something and then plants somebody there to take it over. So within the body, there were those that said, well, we were here when Paul was here. And we're better than you. Better than those that were, that had just come on when Hippolytus showed up. And then Cephas was another one that came in to help work with the church. And so he's identifying that we are all fellow workers with God. God's fellow workers. He's the head of this thing. Not Paul, not Apollos, but you are God's building. You are God's building. And be careful how you build upon it, upon the foundation that we have laid. But what does he identify as the foundation? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 25. We're going to start with verse 25. This is typically a passage that is written to pastors. But it is, uh, there's some stuff here that we want to pull out in understanding the foundation that Paul laid for his churches. Verse 25, and Paul says, And indeed now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the what? The kingdom of God. Will see my face no more. So he's given a farewell here. Farewell to the church at Ephesus. Will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Why? For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel, the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, 
not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, twisted things, twisting what I'm saying, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. What is he saying here? He's saying, I have done my work. I have laid the foundation. And the foundation that I laid was giving to you the whole counsel of God's word. The whole counsel. I left nothing out. If we pour concrete here, where we're at today, there is concrete now. These are slabs that were poured. And if someone just decided that in that last little corner over there, they didn't want to fill that in, there's going to be a problem when you try to build on it. There will be an issue when we get to putting up walls and putting up steel on top of the concrete if you leave a space out. So what's Paul saying? He's saying that if I'm going to lay a proper foundation for you, I have to give you the full counsel, the whole counsel of God's word. I cannot leave anything out. I am giving to you everything that is in this word. Now watch this. He goes on. Again, he's talking to pastors. He's talking to the overseers of this church. And he says, I'm getting ready to depart. And I won't see you anymore. He knows that his death is near at this point. And he's saying, I won't see you anymore. But now you need to be careful. Because as soon as I leave, there will be those that will come into the church as savage wolves. Not sparing the flock. To do what? To draw them to themselves. To draw the people, to draw the flock to themselves. As soon as I leave, as soon as I go. Now, we know that Paul, when he left that church, he sent Timothy. That's where he sent Timothy, was to that church. And so, Paul is laying a foundation of the Word of God, the whole counsel of the Word of God, and he says this, that that Word will be strong enough to withstand the twisting and the perverseness that men will come in and try to steer people away. This is how strong the word is. And Paul felt confident that he could go. Paul knew that he could go because he gave them the whole word of God. And that would be strong enough to withstand those that would come in. I mean, he just went ahead and let them know it's going to happen. They're going to come in. They're going to come in and try to separate the flock. They're going to come in and try to bring people to themselves. A good pastor will not try to gather followers unto himself. He will try to get followers of the word of God. That's what a good pastor will do. That's what a good leader led by the Holy Spirit will do. He mentions this another time in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, he's obviously writing this to Timothy. We're going to start with verse 16. And he says, But shun profane and idle babblings. 
for they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. He's saying here that idle talking and these babblings will actually, they will actually preach a message. They'll actually share a message with people. And he says that this message will spread like cancer. Then he goes out and he calls out two people. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past. And they overthrow the faith of some. So not only is it good enough for them to fall away from the faith and go and believe a different doctrine, but they're actually causing other people to fall away from the truth, fall away from their faith in the word. But here's what a strong foundation will do. We want a strong foundation, don't we? Look what he says. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. It stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. We're talking about the church, and it's a part of him. It's his church. Let everyone... Who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So what is he saying here? He's saying there are people that will come in and try to pull the church away. Try to bring separation. Try to bring separation to the word. But if we lay a solid foundation of God's word revealed by the Holy Spirit, preaching the whole counsel and not withholding any truth, it will withstand those that will come in. Peter had this same uh, warning. Jesus had the same warning that people will come in, wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to separate the flock and trying to bring separation. What is this? This is the wind beating on the house. This is the rain falling. This is the floods coming in. And what you're built on will determine if you withstand it. If I preach to you, the full counsel of the word of God, and you accept it as truth, and you have faith and you believe in that word, you come here to grow up, you come here to hear the word and let it be your spiritual food, your daily diet for your spirit, then you will find yourselves being able to withstand those trials, withstand those tests. This is why his church has to be built on a proper foundation. If you build a church on anything other than the full counsel of the word of God, it will fail. It will crumble. We saw that. Notice that both of those houses in Matthew chapter 7 had tests and trials come. They both had floods. They both have rains. They both have winds beating on the houses. Just because I preach to you the full counsel of the word doesn't make us immune to those things. It means that we will withstand those things. doesn't mean they're never going to come. It means that we are going to overcome and conquer. That's the church we want to be a part of. And it only comes if we lay the proper foundation. The first part, the first aspect of building anything is having a strong foundation. 
I'm not going to talk about building a worship team. I'm not going to talk about having a great children's ministry. I'm not going to talk about having an awesome outreach program if I don't first preach the word of God to this group, to the group that's coming in this building, meeting here. And I've said it before, we're not going out and doing all kinds of stuff and trying to conquer Valdosta right now. Why? We've got to build up here. I need to lay a foundation. I need to get you to be a faithful uh, fit and find your part and your, uh, your gift to this church. And there are those that just want to run around and do all types of stuff and never get hooked up with the body. There are those that just want to go from here and go from there. And where do you go to church? Well, you know, I don't really attend there. I just, I just do the work of the Lord. You're not doing the work of the Lord apart from the body. My hand is not running off saying, well, I want to go do this or I want to go do that. It's a part of the body, and it's doing what is needed for my body. Amen. So what am I doing? We're focusing on the building here. If I don't build a proper unit, then your members will be out trying to find something to do. The members, the individual parts that make up the whole, will be trying to find something to do outside of the body. But can we accomplish more if the whole body's working together? And if the whole body sends it out to do something? My feet are great. My legs are strong. My arms are strong. My hands can pick stuff up and move stuff around. But you know what they do the most? Is they bring the gift to the body. They're not detaching from my body and trying to run around and get things done. They're doing it as the body needs it and as it's necessary for my body. And so that's what we're doing. And we have to start from the ground up. We have to begin with this foundation. We have to lay the foundation, the foundation that we're setting in this church, here, Anchor Faith Church, is preaching to you the full counsel of the Word of God that is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. That's the only word I want to preach. I'm going to tell you right now. That's the only word that I care to preach here. I'm not going to preach what I heard on TV. I'm not going to preach what I saw someone else do. I'm not going to preach what the biggest preachers are talking about right now. I'm not going to do the things that they're doing. We're going to preach the full counsel of the word, leaving nothing out and adding nothing to it. Because when tests and trials come, I want this church to stand. I want this body to stand. We need to be able to withstand that. So we start from the ground up. We enhance and secure what we're founded upon. A few years ago, I did a message called, a, 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 what was it called? Firm, firm persuasion on a firm foundation. A firm persuasion on a firm foundation. Becoming firmly persuaded and becoming convinced within us that the word is true. Because there are some people, they're firmly persuaded on all kinds of stuff. You can be founded on a lot of stuff. The question is, is what are you founded on and is it secure? 
Because man's opinion is not secure. The doctor's report, not secure. You know, this this will blow your mind. Facts are not truth. Because the fact may be you have cancer in your body. But according to the word, is that truth? No. So let's get firmly persuaded on the word of God. You have to you determine what you found yourself on. You determine what you set your faith in. You determine what you become set in. And whatever you're set in will determine what happens to the structure. As the foundation goes, so does the structure. You know, I bet that house looked pretty good being built on the sand. That's some beachfront property. I bet it looked awesome. But it don't look awesome when it's in a pile after the winds and the tests come. And they're guaranteed to come. I mean, Paul said it. He said, look, I'm getting ready to head out of here. I'm not going to see you anymore. And as soon as I leave, there will be those that will try to come in and separate the flock. You know, over in Corinthians, when he states that he had a thorn in his flesh, and God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, you know what that thorn in the flesh was? Those people coming in and trying to mess up everything that he just spent years trying to put in place. But he just stated in Acts, I'm not concerned. I've laid the foundation. I've poured the concrete. I've given you a sure foundation for you to set your faith in and for this church to be built in. So when they come and know that they will come, what's he saying? He said, the rains are coming. The floods are coming in. There's some winds that are going to beat on your house. But I have given you a proper foundation, Jesus Christ the Word of God revealed by the Holy Spirit for you to be built upon and build this structure on. You are God's building. So, when the rains come, when the floods come in, when, all, when the winds are beating, I am convinced that the second I leave and those things start coming against you, you will stand because I've given you the full counsel of the Word of God. I haven't left anything out. I'm not afraid to talk to you about your money. I'm not afraid to talk to you about your immorality. I'm not afraid to talk to you uh, about your marriages. I mean, you look through the epistles. He talks about all of it. There ain't nothing. He's talking about homosexuality. He's talking about uh, sleeping with your neighbor's wife. He's talking about sleeping with your dad's wife. He's talking about all kinds of crazy stuff that a lot of pastors today, they don't want to touch it. They don't want to go near it. Well, you know, it's none of my business what they do. I, you know, I just preach the Bible. What kind of shepherd are you? We want shepherds, and we're going to get into that later on. We're going to identify the role of the pastor. We're going to identify the role of those in leadership that are helped to undergird the pastor. We're going to talk about, uh, because you'll find out, every individual in the church holds a role of building up the church to some degree. And it may not be, you know, that wood that's standing up right now, it can't be a steel corner piece holding up the entire building. But it serves a purpose. And you know what? That wood is not saying, I wish I was the steel piece on the corner. That's more important. No. That's the eye not saying to the ear. That's the hand not saying to the foot. Okay? So we're going to look at all this, but the first place we have to start 
is the foundation. Amen? We want to build this church the way God wants it to be built from the ground up. Amen? Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we are building your church.